Welcome to Divine Throughline. I'm Ma Ananda Srimati, sometimes known as Julie Pyatt, and I'm here to share with you perspectives and musing on what it really means to live a life divine. I hope you'll join me. In Episode 5 of Divine Throughline, I explore what it means to manifest with the power of love. Okay, so we're waiting for this jet plane to pass over. You started singing that song. Sing it. I'm not leaving <laughs> on that jet plane. Don't know if it will pass again. I don't think that's the lyric, but no. You know, it's funny because that was the first song that my brother Stuart Mathis learned to play on the guitar when he was seven. And he sang that song over and over and over again, but that was the birth of his musical genius. I'm leaving on a jet plane. But he used to strum. I don't know what the key is, but he used to. It was like, I'm leaving on a jet plane. And then it was, he would hit the guitar like, I'm leaving on. That's not the right word. The right chord. Oh, there it is. I'm leaving on a jet plane. Bang. There it was. Don't know. It was like that. It was very catchy. Yeah. Sorry, Stu. Hate to out you on these intimate details of yeah, your childhood, but you're my brother, so hey. You manifested. That's right. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. You're exactly. Okay, so is it passed? We are rolling. Shall we try? Let's try one more take. Okay, here we go. Wait, let me start again. Mm-hmm. One more. fun yes doing those couple takes so it was kind of surreal for me to be even to be playing uk ukulele is that the correct the correct pronunciation ukulele i believe it is ukulele sorry i apologize to anyone hawaiian (laughs) in advance (laughs) no you know um i uh I am just sort of becoming a musician. I mean, I guess somebody who can play instruments. I sort of find instruments and sort of find a sound I like on them. And then my sons play the parts when we record. But um, anyway, so that was my first recorded ukulele performance of my life that happened on this podcast. That's pretty fun. I did okay, right, Brad? You did fantastic. (laughs) Your feel is great. Thanks. You know, I played um, ook for just a very short time when I was six years old because I was the youngest of five kids and I wanted to play guitar, but I was six and my hands weren't big enough. So my parents bought me an ook and I could play like 
I think, if I had a hammer, possibly. Mm-hmm. Do you know that song? I, I don't know how to play it, but I do. You know the know song. The Who song wrote that song? I don't know. It's like some legendary... It's possible. Is it possible it was Woody Guthrie? It's possible. I yeah. had a hammer. Yeah, but we'll have to, we'll have to research that. And I want to you apologize have your laptop. all the great folk heroes. Yes. For, I mean, if I misspoke to say that it was Woody Guthrie, and I guess... It could have been... Uh, could have been anybody. Who's the other guy? Who's... <laughs> <laughs> could have been that other guy. <laughs> this is terrible. We'll, we'll have to, like, research that. We could just be really, like, you know, modern and look it up on our iPhones while we're right here on the right. thing, right? We could there do that. Hey, look at that. Two, no pressure. One, two, here we go. Three, go. If I had a hammer, I'd hammer in the morning. I'd hammer in the evening all over this land I'd hammer out danger I'd hammer out warning I'd hammer out love between my brothers and my sisters So anyway, it does feel really good to be home. I just got back from Washington, D.C., from the Washington, D.C. Veg Fest 2015. It was incredible. Um, I wasn't feeling well before I left. And I almost didn't go because there was a Cat 4 hurricane and they were talking about calling it off. And so I had this meeting with Rich at like 4 a.m. Like, babe, are we really flying into a Cat 4 hurricane with our children? <laughs> and uh, he he was determined to go. So, right. um, so I went ahead and went and I, w- I was not well. I actually stayed in bed for the first two days I was there. I've been feeling nauseous. I'm not quite sure. It's like this eclipse energy, what's going on. But... Um, I did rally and went to the event. It was just incredible. It was like 500 people came out in the pouring rain. It was freezing. Everyone was so generous and so sweet. And Rich and I stood in line and met people for a couple hours after our presentation. So it was really groovy. And um, I announced uh, that I'm working on the podcast and there was good response from the crowd. So that's a good thing, I think. So here, I'm going to look it up. If I had a hammer, if I had... A hammer. Writer. Oh, it's Peter, Paul, and Mary, but did they write it? Don't know. Peter, Paul, and Mary. They were awesome. They wrote it. Yes? Is that what they're saying? Uh, they yeah, they Peter, Paul, and Mary. Song. That's right, If I Had a Hammer. It's okay. awesome. Fantastic. Anyway, so that was really sweet, but I was very happy to be home. Um, I just love my home, and, and that song that I wrote is uh, actually a love song that I wrote for my house. Have you ever written a love song for your house, Brad? No, I have not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. But, you know, it came about in... Um, uh, Rich and I had gone through a, a devastating financial collapse um, trying to move from being in an old paradigm world and working at, you know, jobs, regular jobs that are kind of in the world. And, uh, you know, for a series of things happened. It was really a spiritual journey for me, a really dark night of my soul. And I literally got the download from my higher self that I could no longer work for money. I couldn't take a job just because it paid me money. And uh, it didn't really make any sense because I needed money to live. Um, But I knew at the core of myself that I had no choice. So... 
that was the beginning of kind of a seven year journey we went through and um, sort of transition transitioning from doing what society wanted us to do or sort of playing in the societal old paradigm game into moving into doing what we loved and what we really were here to express. And what went along with that process is that um, we were learning that we are supported by uh, consciousness, by God, by the universe, really at every turn. Although that doesn't often look um, uh, look like it on paper. It doesn't appear in the same ways that we're used to it. So what happened to us is we experienced things like uh, losing our health insurance. You know, we were parents of four children, um, having one car repossessed and then another car repossessed and going through that experience. Um, even in my case, uh, I didn't have a bank account for four years. Like, how does that happen? Like, and so going along with this is we were just unable to pay our mortgage. And so we didn't pay our mortgage, uh, property taxes or insurance for over, in the end, it was almost five years. Um, and, uh, you know, the house was, was my baby, my thing, uh, that I, came into this world to create. And, you know, I built her from raw land and she was truly a demonstration of uh, visioning something and applying love and intention and actually seeing that come to fruition. And it required that I risk a lot, that I go against the advice of attorneys, of accountants. And, you know, they advised me not to build. It was like, don't build, it's very risky. Um, and I just couldn't not. You know, so I had built a home before this, so I had a fair amount of experience and uh, I'm a pretty good producer because I was a fashion designer. So I had, you know, some skill set and it didn't really terrify me. It was sort of like I, I, living in an apartment terrified me mm -hmm. for the rest of your life. That, that would be just like, kill me That's now. Traumatic. <laughs> That's traumatic. <laughs> to, to know what I'm doing every day for the rest of my life would be traumatic. I would probably kill myself. So, um, so anyway, I embarked on this and, and went through a very long journey. But what happened at the end of the journey is um, I received a, an, an auction notice uh, from the bank that my, my home was actually up for auction. And I was kind of out of you know, I had, I had done the stalling game kind of in a masterful way. Like I had already been doing this for so many years and I really didn't have another option. And so I was at this moment where I was like, okay, I have to accept that even though I feel otherwise in my soul, that divine mother or consciousness or the force or the universe has something different in mind than I do. So I have to I have to just surrender and I have to understand that I have to go with this process. But it felt so wrong to me. Like I just felt like my house is named Jai House. Jai means victory. Um, she's been like the incubator of everything we've created in our lives. She's like a, a temple to me. She's like a child to me. And I just couldn't imagine who else would be taking over stewardship of this place. It, it didn't make any sense to me. And so at the very end of the road, um, I thought, wow, well, there's, I just don't know what else I could do. I don't, there's nothing else that I can do. Um, and then I thought, well, there's one other thing I could do. I could write a love song to my house and I could put all the love that I have into that song. And so I had gotten a, an, a ukulele for, an ukulele from Rich for one of my birthdays 
And um, I wrote this song for my house on that ook. Um, and I remember um, we came in to record it with you. Do you remember that, Brad? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember it well. So I was very, very raw, extremely raw, and uh, at this very vulnerable part of my time in my life. And the boys and I went in. Was it Tyler that was with me or Tyler and Trapper? I think Tyler and Trapper were both there. Okay, yeah. So we all For came sure, in. Tyler. Yeah, we all came in to record. And I went in the booth and uh, I tried to record this song and I kept breaking down. Yeah. I couldn't make it through a take. And we did. You guys were so, you held the space for me. You just, I just remember nobody said anything and you guys just gave me all that space. Yeah. And um, I don't know, I think I tried like eight or 10 takes and I, every time I would just break down crying. So we sort of left it at that. Mm -hmm. And then um, we were offered a job on Kauai for a, a period of time. And so we, we left the house in the care of a, a friend of mine who I knew was spiritually inclined and had a good energy about her. And she house sat for us while we went to Kauai to explore creating a new life there. And then um, we came back. And uh, when we walked in the door of our house, we all looked at each other and we said, we're never leaving here again. <laughs> and the, uh, the details still weren't solved yet, but we, we were gaining strength and we could see that the tides were turning and that we were receiving opportunities and just the energy was with us. So we, we knew, I knew every, every month that I gained more time that I was getting stronger and stronger. And so we came in after that and then recorded Jai Home with a, a little happier, a happier feel in my voice. But it really is a love song that I wrote to my house. Um, and, you know, I credit that act. Like, that, that's a very visceral, like, visceral, viable, powerful act that I credit with helping my cause in a very, very physical way. Yeah. Because I really know that, you know, emotion is something and caring is something and loving is the most powerful force in the universe. So when you look at it, it's like it, it maybe seem, would seem ridiculous to, you know, a business person. Um, right. And I'm sure it wouldn't be like, um, like announced, you know, like that wouldn't be on the list. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you want to you want to save your house? Well, I think you should write a love song to it. <laughs> That's probably not really a, a common uh, a bullet point of uh, how to, um, saving your house for dummies. Mm -hmm. But I really, really, really know the power of that intention and the power of creating with your heart. And I've seen it demonstrated in my life, not, not just this time, but many, many times throughout my life. And so never underestimate the power of the heart because the heart has the power to move mountains or do, you know, really, really create create anything. And I mean, Bradley, you kind of watched it from a first row seat. I was going to say, I witnessed this, this whole process and uh, in, your, in your connection to the, to, to the land, to this home, to the, to the spirit of the, to the Jai House, the living force of this, the entity of Jai mm -hmm. House. And... Um, I saw the miracle, like the radical faith 
Yeah. That's and it's just how you, I don't think anyone, you know, as even as open-minded as any, as, as every, as the, some of the people around you were, I don't know if anyone could predict this outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, it was for me, it was, I got to witness the incredible power of faith and manifestation. Mm-hmm. Did you doubt me? No, I, I never, <laughs> I, I never doubted you. I was just, it was just always that she had, and you would express to me all the time. You'd say, I know mm-hmm. that this isn't done. I'm not through here. There's, I just know you just, you had that in your cells and mm-hmm. your, in your soul. You just knew. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you followed that. You stayed with that. Yeah. And so that was a great, that was a great to be able to witness that and experience that through you is, you know, mm-hmm. was a huge lesson for me. That's cool. Yeah, it was, um, I would say that, you know, um, I would call it extreme faith. It's a kind of a, a term that I really, really resonate with. And in order to express yourself authentically and to stand up for what you believe is right in your heart or in alignment in your heart, you know, it does require radical faith. And it does require standing in your center against all appearances. And there were so many people who just rolled their eyes at me, like, oh, she's insane. And, you know, next week they're going to come and there's going to be locks on the doors. And she's just, you know, she, she obviously has no idea how these things work. But, you know, we all have to understand that, you know, with when you are anchored in God, and I mean that as the universal force, the energy, the source from which we all come, when we are anchored in that force, everything and anything is possible. Not just some things, but anything and everything is possible. And so, you know, I, I guess it was, it was like one of my children. It, it, was, it was not something that I could walk away from. And I went through that process. You know, I went in meditation and I went, okay. So, because so many people came to me and they said things like, you know, it's such a ball and chain around your ankle. It's so, you know, such a weight. You know, think of all the good things that will come into your life when you release her. But I just couldn't envision any of us without Jai House in our lives. It just didn't make sense. You know, it's like, well, then why did this land call me here? And why did the mountain in front of her call me here? And why did I go through all of this? And then I reflected on how much physical energy and energetic energy it takes to actually build a house from the raw land. And that's a lot of moments, you know, of of energy and of intention and of established movement and physicality and all that kind of stuff. And that's not nothing, you know? And it was funny. I have a, a, a first cousin of mine. His name is Rock, Rock Mathis. And uh, he's a meditator. And uh, he came here once and walked the land with me. And it was, you know, in, it was in the early days of when the ivory tower had started to fall and just sort of the fear of losing money was all around me, but it wasn't exactly materialized in full form yet. And he looked at me and he said, um, you have enough energy to sustain this house. Mm. He said, you built it. Mm. So you must have, mm. you know? And I loved that. I love that idea um, that every living being comes in with enough energy to sustain itself, to fulfill itself. But what happens is we get our heads turned and 
a lot of it is the fault of advertising, the fault of this externally focused world that's always flashing the next thing in front of you. You know, we're so confused. Like, you know, and actually it's funny, I had a channel once tease me because I happen to have a, a very acutely and, and keenly um, developed power of manifestation, which you just spoke to. Um, I pretty much can, you know, if I put my, my will on something, I'm, I've been successful in manifesting things in my life. Um, and the, the channel was, was teasing me and he was saying that uh, I should get specific and I should figure out what I really want because simply I could wave my hand and there could be, you know, a, a boat sitting right in front of me. And I'm, and I'm like, why, do, why is this boat sitting here? You oh, know, be a boat. Oh, a boat. Look, I manifested a boat, but I don't want a boat. So he was teasing me about, about that that's how keenly my powers are, are developed in that way. But I would say, you know, for everyone, each being, you know, is created from this divine energy and in this perfect blueprint of expression. And so if we knew ourselves really well, we do have enough energy to fully sustain ourselves. And, uh, but the, the issue is, is we get externally focused and then we, you know, we see a shiny red bike, like ride by and we're like, I want a shiny red bike, but you really don't. You're just externally focused and you haven't taken time to really tap into yourself. So once again, we come back to how do you get to know yourself? Well, through meditation. And this is why, you know, I talk about it again and again and again and again, because nothing can really take the place of meditation. However, um, also, you know, catastrophic life events often take the place of meditation <laughs> in a very powerful way. And you can kind of come uh, willingly or you can come kicking and screaming. So, um, you know, often our personalities wouldn't choose the experiences that our soul has chosen for us to go through. And there's a schism between those two things. And I have to say many times during our financial collapse, I was like, you know, seriously, <laughs> like I've been screaming uncle for like two years now. Could you back off a little bit? Uh, but in hindsight, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. And I feel, you know, I feel honored and blessed that uh, I had the experience of writing a love song for my house and loving her in that way and activating that kind of energy around her. And uh, it's a sweet, beautiful song that reminds me of home. And, uh, and I, I like it. I love it. I think it's a sweet little song. So anyway, that's the power of manifesting with your heart. Um, if any of you are interested, you can download my album on cdbaby.com, also on my website, shrimati.com. And uh, this song is off the album Jai Home. It's the title track off of Jai Home. And as a bonus, um, I created this insane cherry cacao gluten-free vegan layer cake that is the album cover. I actually uh, um, created an homage to the Rolling Stones, I think it was 68, 1968 album, Let Them Bleed. Um, they had a plastic cake on a turntable, and I thought, oh, I'm a vegan chef, so why don't I make it a real cake on a turntable? Um, so anyway, if you, uh, if you download the album and you send me a message, I'll get you a link to the, to the cake recipe. It's actually not in my book. It's um, part of a bonus download recipe um, 
that we created as a pre-order uh, incentive for the cookbook. So anyway, um, that's kind of what I wanted to share today. That's what sort of authentically came into uh, fruition. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you again with more episodes of the podcast, Still Yet Unnamed. Um, this is Srimati, and until next time, be sweet to yourself and remember about the power of creating with love, because with love and God, all things are possible. So have a blessed week. Namaste. As a bonus in today's podcast, I'm offering the recipe for my cherry cacao layer cake on my blog. Find it at srimati.com, S-R-I-M-A-T-I.com. Blessings. If you're feeling some healing and you like what you're hearing, please do donate and support the show. No amount is too small, and with all of us contributing, it makes it possible to continue producing and providing this content. Thank you. Namaste and blessings. If I had a hammer, I'd hammer in the morning. I'd hammer in the evening all over this land. I'd hammer out danger. I'd hammer out warning. I'd hammer out love between my brothers and my sisters all over this land. I had a bell, I'd ring it in the morning, I'd ring it in the evening, all over this land. I'd ring out danger, I'd ring out warning, I'd ring out love between my brothers and my sisters, all over this land. Ooh, if I had a song. I'd sing it in the morning, I'd sing it in the evening, all over this land. I'd sing out danger, I'd sing out warning, I'd sing out love between my brothers and my sisters, all over this land. Ooh, well I've got a hammer, and I've got a bell. And I've got a song to sing all over this land. It's the hammer of justice. It's the bell of freedom. It's a song about love between my brothers and my sisters all over this land. Ooh, well, I've got a hammer and I've got a bell. And I've got a song to sing all over this land. It's the hammer of justice. It's the bell of freedom. It's a song about love between my brothers and my sisters. Oh.